Welcome to the 217th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Glenn Eric Hamilton, crime writer and author of Hard Cold Winter and other novels. Stay tuned for the interview. Well, welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Glenn Eric Hamilton, author of the new crime novel, Hard Cold Winter. Glenn, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Jeff. Great to be here. Sure. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about Hard Cold Winter yet, how would you describe your new novel? Well, Hard Cold Winter is the second in a series um, featuring Van Shaw. And Van is a man of some extremes. The first novel uh, was Past Crimes, which came out in early uh, 2015. Um, Van is a man who was raised by his grandfather, who was a career criminal who raised Van in that life to be a professional thief. Um, The two of them had a rather violent parting of the ways when Van was just out of high school, and Van, not having any other recourse, uh, went into the military. And he's been finding a new life there and serving with distinction in Iraq and Afghanistan for the better part of 10 years at the beginning of past crimes. And he, uh, uh, when he is asked to come return to his hometown of Seattle by his grandfather after no word between the two men for, for that decade, um, the events that unfold from that uh, occupy much of past crimes, including flashbacks to Van at various ages as he's being raised in the criminal life uh, by his grandfather, Dono. Um, at the start of Hard Cold Winter, Van has recently mustered out of the military and is attempting to re-engage with, his, with a civilian life in Seattle, um, having spent his entire adult life, as I said, in the Army Rangers and, um, and having the uh, common problems of transition that a lot of military veterans do when re-engaged in the civilian life. Great. Well, um, do you remember the original idea or impetus for your character, Van Shaw? Yeah, it came from a crossing of two separate ideas. One was um, I I had been born and raised in Seattle and lived my entire entire life there until about uh, nine or ten years ago when um, my family and I moved to California. And I would frequently come back to Seattle for visits and still do. And every time I returned to the city, it seemed to have changed a little bit more. It was this, it was as if some sort of accelerator had been pushed in the progress of the city. It was experiencing a second tech boom. A lot of the downtown and the Lake Union areas were changing radically um, through new development. And, and um, even, even with the real estate bust, um, there was still a lot going on with the city um, in terms of its development. And the economics of the city were changing radically. And I found that quite fascinating being someone who had grown up in this, what, what, I, what I perceived being a local as a fairly sleepy big city town in terms of its, of its change was suddenly undergoing this, this uh, new renaissance uh, for good and for ill, I think. Um, so part of it was the fascination of that, and part of it was also I had become serious about writing shortly after moving to California. Uh, and having grown up reading crime thrillers and mystery thrillers and action adventure, was interested in writing something in that vein. And I started to think about, well, what would it be like to be raised with that moral compass, to, to grow up in the life and, and with a different idea of right and wrong versus illegal and illegal. And so that started forming the genesis of who Van was as a character. And the two intersected, and that 
sort of became the genesis of past crimes, which once I started it and got serious about uh, understanding what the story was, probably took me the better part of three and a half years to write. Gotcha. <clears throat> you you said you mentioned um, in, in what you were saying. You mentioned you got serious about writing when you when you moved to to California. What what has your fiction writing journey been? Had you um, written fiction or short stories or attempted novels prior to writing past crimes? No, no, not really. Past crimes is my first novel. Um, you know, and I say that with the understanding that there were a lot of there was a lot of learning to write before that. You know, I knew that I was writing a novel. I just didn't know which novel I was writing. And so there are a number of abandoned uh, subplots or ideas that could have that could have potentially been part of past crimes that didn't end up being there because of that. And, you know, I, I liken it to grad school 10 pages at a time. If you're producing 10 pages a week for a writing group or for a class, it was just learning in increments as I went. You know, but prior to to taking some classes and taking some workshops and, and being part of a writing group. Um, I really hadn't had any formal training in fiction writing other than what you would normally get in, in junior high and high school. Uh, I, but I always enjoyed writing and I always had it in the back of my head that I would perhaps do it seriously someday. When we moved to California, I was able to take a few months off before I needed to look for work. And I went to the library every day and sat in one of the library carols and wrote longhand just to see if I enjoyed the nuts and bolts of putting sentences together and putting dialogue together. And it turns out I did. So began taking some courses, primarily through UCLA Extension, um, uh, just to get some exposure. Realized the benefit of having the sounding board of other writers and and uh, and a writing group, um, and sort of became serious about it that way. And with a couple of you know, year-long pauses here and there, whereas where life intruded, <laughs> I um, I really got uh, got into it. You know, in the latter part of the the, the aughts, the, you know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, um, and then started writing writing the book that would be past crimes. Sure. Um, were you always interested uh, during this time in writing crime fiction? What what appeals to you about crime novels? Uh, I think the fact that. Um, the the unstructured nature of them has always appealed to me. I, I, as I said, I grew up reading a lot of a lot of um, mystery thrillers and and detective stories and crime thrillers. And one of the things that always appealed to me about the PI genre, as well as crime thrillers in general, or or thr um, mysteries with criminals as protagonists, is that they're wanting to pursue an ideal of justice, whatever they perceive that to be. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they can or should work within the bounds of the law. Um, although I enjoy reading police procedurals as well, and I find those fascinating, particularly when they're written by people who really know what they're talking about, former law enforcement and, and, and the like. Um, they are often um, hampered, might be the might be too hard hard of a word, but they're they're restricted by the rules. Um, it's always more interesting to me when people have their own rules or when they're working in a, in a society or within a group that has created its own rules. And I, I wanted to create a world where uh, right and wrong, Ill, Ill, legal and illegal, as I said, are, are different things and are perceived as being different things by that group that you're working within. Sure. Well, I know that Hard Cold Winter has just been published. Have you started working on another Van Shaw novel at this point? 
I have. Uh, the I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, there's a two-book deal uh, that I just put ink to paper on. Um, I'm working on the third in the Van Shaw series now. The first two have been very well received. Um, Past Crimes has been nominated for an Edgar for Best First Novel. So the reception for the series has been very strong. So there's there's interest in seeing a third one, um, which I'll deliver to the publisher later this year, and it will, will likely be targeted for mid-2017. Um, as for the fourth book, as part of that deal, um, that may be another Van Shaw book, or it may be a standalone. I have some ideas knocking around for that as well. And I mean, uh, I'd be intrigued by either starting a new character, a new series, or simply writing a standalone novel and seeing where it leads. Sure, sure. So, so what's, your, what's your daily writing process like? Do you have any specific writing rituals or routines? <laughs> I am, uh, you know, with, with only two books behind me, I think I'm still trying to figure out exactly what my <laughs> process is. Um, you know, the second book was the first one that I wrote on deadline. Um, and so there were uh, roughly two periods with that. The first one, uh, the first one delivering to the publisher and the second one delivering with the rewrites where it was just, you know, every night, every weekend, very focused for a couple of months to make sure that the, what I was delivering was as good as it could be. I'm trying to spread that out a little bit more with book three. So it's not quite so intense during those periods um, as best I can. You know, there are a couple of nights and one weekend day or uh, for every week that I dedicate specifically to producing pages. Um, but I am looking to pick up the pace in that. I am trying to learn to write in the mornings before work. That is a struggle for me. Uh, so I am mostly a nighttime writer. I am seeing if I can retrain myself to get up. I'm normally an early riser anyway, to see if I can get up extra early and at least produce a couple of pages or, or some concepts uh, prior to the start of the, the normal working day. Sure. So given your success to, to date with your first two novels, what, what writing advice would you have for aspiring writers who might be listening? Well, I'll, I'll get the obvious ones uh, passed first. Uh, obviously, reading is is critical. Reading as much as you can, as wide as you can. You know, read everything that comes to you, especially if I would say if it's out of your genre, because you may find things that speak to your own voice or that that inspire your own voice through genres that aren't necessarily the one that you're writing. Um, and and the, the second bit of obvious advice is persistence. You know, you will encounter um, bad pages. You will encounter rejection. You will encounter uh, people who just don't get whatever it is you're writing. And you have to keep going along the way. And I, I think if writers have persistence and they're always open to learning and growing, if their first reaction is a, to any criticism, is thinking seriously about it, evaluating whether there's a, a nugget of gold to be taken away from that, I think they'll always be improving and that they will improve through practice because it, it is very much a, a craft that um, takes a lot of thought and work and openness in order to get better at. It doesn't mean that every bit of advice you receive is good, but you know, a lot of it is worth listening to at the very least, especially if you're hearing it from multiple sources. Um, beyond those two obvious points, the the other advice I would offer is um, uh, make sure that if you're able to establish a reading group, either online or in person along the way, 
it's important to make sure that the people in that reading group are just as dedicated as you are. In other words, that they're approaching it professionally, that it's not just a coffee clatch, although it can be that too, that it's not just a gathering of friends, but that everyone is just as serious about your writing career and their own writing career um, as you're looking to approach it. Because if you're looking with an eye towards publication, you you want a group that is both supportive and over time learns your foibles, learns your weak spots and says, hey, this is happening again, or I think this this scene, however delightful, has not told me anything about new about these characters or about the mystery or about the investigation. And it's important that every scene do that. And so having a writing group that can spot those things is, is I, I feel, uh, was very important in my own growth and, ha- and continues to be important to my own growth. And I think it's important for every writer to have that support structure. And how did you find the writing group that you're a member of? I found, um, I, I had a couple. One I formed with um, friends through, and, and or people that I met rather, who became friends, um, through one of the courses that I had taken through UCLA Extension. The other one, and, and, that, and that survived as, as writing groups do for a limited time. You know, it was, it was uh, in progress for about three years and very useful for all of us. Um, the other one, which I'm still a part of, formed out of a mystery writing workshop through the writer's studio uh, at UCLA. And that is more of a less group than a master class, which is taught by the instructor. Um, we, uh, you know, it is a class that we, we pay to attend and it's extremely helpful, not only because of its structure, but also because of the, the serious nature of it. We all know each other quite well and produce these pages each week. Having that weekly deadline is extremely important as well. Sure. So are there books and authors that you've read in the last year or two that impressed you and that you would recommend? Yeah, there's quite a few. I, I'm in the progress now of reading a number of books, both for panels that I'm part of as, as part of the launch of Hard Cold Winter, as well as um, for the Edgars. I wanted to read the other Edgar nominees as well. Um, and uh, I'll mention a couple of folks that I've read recently outside of those groups. Um, one is the North Carolina mystery author, uh, uh, Jamie Mason, who's written Three Graves Full and Monday's Lie, who has a new twist, I think, on the, what we would normally call the domestic thriller. Um, and her, her writing is very lyrical. Um, her imagery is wonderful. I've, I've really enjoyed her writing. Um, Jamie and I know each other through conventions as well, which is how I came to read her book. The other one series that I've been reading, uh, that I've really enjoyed is James Ziskin's uh, Ellie Stone Mysteries, which um, could be called Mad Men with Murders, uh, essentially, although I think he started it prior to Mad Men. Um, they are set in around 1960 um, with a young female journalist named Ellie Stone in New York. Uh, and those are uh, those are very evocative and a lovely time capsule of, of those sorts of um uh, encapsulated series mysteries that you that you get, especially with the period. Um, so those are two two folks that I know uh, I, I know I know personally and who I've been reading. And as far as the um, the panels, um, 
I read uh, Robert Rothstein's uh, The Bomb Maker's Son, which is the third in his Parker Stern series. I just read, and I enjoyed that immensely as well. Um, there's also a YA novel by Henry Turner called Ask the Dark, which has, I think, also been nominated for an Edgar this year, which is excellent. Um, it's, a, it's a first in, I think, what he's going to write as a series, and, uh, and it's very impressive. And then I re- just read one um, which kind of gets out, the, out of the boundaries of mystery thrillers by Gwendolyn Womack that's called The Memory Painter. And it's very definitely a thriller. But it's not your average mystery. It has it involves past lives and a lot of um, uh, a lot of extrapolation on what it, what reincarnation means. And that's a, that was a fascinating read. I enjoyed that one a lot. Great. Those those are lots of great recommendations. So so if someone's listening and is interested in finding out more about you and about your books, where can people find you online? Sure. Uh, it's uh, pretty easy to track me down. Like all authors, I do have a website. It's my, my full name, GlenEricHamilton.com. And I try to keep that uh, uh, up to date with all of the events and the things that I'm doing. I have a lot of launch events happening for hard, cold winter, um, both in the Southern California area and in the Seattle area during March and April of 2016. And then um, I'm also on Facebook is probably the one I use most often for posting just mostly silly updates on the conventions that I go to and uh, the foibles I get into uh, participating in some of these wilder panels. Um, we enjoy having a good time at the mystery conventions, and usually that, that produces at least one or two silly pictures each time we go. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Glenn Eric Hamilton, author of the new novel, Hard Cold Winter. The book is available in bookstores now, so go buy a copy. And Glenn, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks very much, Jeff. I enjoyed being here. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.